welcome in. It's Better's Last Stand, show number 74, coming to you from the Pine Room Studios in luxurious Pothole City, also known as Wheeling, West Virginia. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on another action-packed episode. we got Sam coming up in the third block, uh, talking all things NASCAR Daytona 500 this weekend, which gets me very excited, gets him really excited. Uh, we'll touch on the Super Bowl and some other things going on in the sports stratosphere, but uh, main focus today is going to be NASCAR, talking some uh, best bets for the championship, who we like to win it all, and then obviously the 500. So uh, hoping the weather is looking a little bit better than it, than it has a couple of days ago. Got the twin 125s uh, the, or the blue-green vacation duels, whatever you really want to refer to them as. Um, they are tomorrow or last night if you're listening to this on Friday morning so get an idea of uh, our last last ditch efforts to see whose cars are running well get our final plays uh, be sure to check out our plays on BLS underscore PRP you can see everything on those uh, and then Jub usually puts the graphics up for the bigger plays for the weekend uh, on our social media uh, at the Pine Room Studios and of course the BLS underscore PRP account which I put the plays up uh, through, throughout the, even the dark days with the days that were not really covered on the show or something that changes or where we add on plays or whatever. So uh, we'll have all those. Be sure and check them out. Show today is sponsored by our friends at ICCAB as usual, 304-232-1313 or download the ICCAB app today. And want to thank our new sponsors on board, Zambito Flooring America. You can go out and visit Ricky in the showroom out there in Tridelphia. Uh, they got pretty much anything you can walk on as their motto goes. Check them out, uh, Zambito Flooring America, and uh, our also Ricky Zambito property, Four Seasons Golf, up at the Highlands, right over by the DeCarlos and uh, some of the other places, over by the movie theater. So check them out as well, uh, golf and simulated, simulated golf and bar atmosphere, got TVs, uh, just a really cool place to go. We're going to eventually get up there ourselves and, and check that out. So uh, again, thanks to Ricky for uh, coming on board and uh, being supportive of us. And uh, we hope to return the favor and continue to uh, help his local business succeed. Naylor's rolling along right now, 12 in a row after another incredible weekend. It just keeps getting better. Uh, they'll be out at Utah this weekend and then back home next week. So uh, keeping an eye on the Naylor's from a distance. Now they did have a few things go against them as uh, they lost their guy, Cedric De Rousseau, went over to Sweden. Uh, unexpectedly and they also had a couple of call-ups at the end of last week so uh and you know that's never never something that you want to see but uh we'll uh talk a little hockey hit on a little bit more on the nailers here coming up in the second segment but uh let's recap what happened last week obviously the super bowls in, in the forefront of everybody's mind but football's put to bed for the year we got uh European football on right now, Champions League getting uh, getting going here. I gave out a play on the one of the games is going on today, and uh, Lazio's hanging in there. So, uh, like them, uh, they're a uh, they're. I mean, I thought they would be pesky in this game, and they have zero zero right now with Bayern Munich. I thought maybe there'd be goals right now. I thought both teams' score was going to be a decent look in this game, but so far nothing. And then the other one, PSG leaves Sociedad. One and nothing, which uh, Balpe scored. So nothing surprising there. Uh, up about forty three units. Nearly in the, in the last month, for last four weeks or so, plus 380 last week um, in the single wagers. I didn't count the golf in there because, again, I don't know how people – I recommend plays like on some of the plays you do a half a unit on a top 20, half on the win. So it depends on how you break it down there uh, for the golf. We had three guys in the top 20. Had a few guys beating around the bush there. Sam Burns, Justin Thomas were up in the mix. Had a you know decent chance of winning. Uh, golf goes to a playoff. We'll talk about that uh, when we preview the Genesis Invitational which marks the return of Tiger Woods 
So we'll have some opportunities there uh, to probably fade Tiger in his own tournament. Uh, but again, 43 units up over the last four weeks, plus 380 last week in single-game wagers. We were 5-1 in college basketball. Uh, pretty good run going right there. Last couple of Saturdays, if you loaded up on our college basketball plays, uh, you've done very, very well if that's what your uh, main uh, focus area is this time of year, college basketball. Somehow, again, with the with the uh, trip handicapping or the spot handicapping, as I mentioned on last week's show, it, it's really been beneficial. The spots are really proven to be the differences in these games. Teams very, very even. You have a lot of parity. You have all kinds of turnover in the rosters, which makes there are a lot of contenders. And the spots are the key to this whole thing. The only the only team right now is playing like as in their kind of spot proof. Uh, right now is UConn. Uh, even Purdue to a slight extent is, but even they're getting pushed to the wire. They had that game a couple weeks ago with Northwestern. They got pushed to OT. Uh, and then a game against Wisconsin, they, they were pushed to the wire up at, in Madison. But um, really nobody other than UConn. UConn, the rightful number one team right now. There's a lot of holes in the other team's games right now. And U, UConn will have a strong chance of, uh, of repeating, I think, uh, just because they're very stable. And, and that's something that, that can't be understated right now. Uh, the inconsistencies, the inability to uh, put back-to-back games together, which a lot of teams struggle to do. But UConn doesn't have that problem. It doesn't seem like. And I'm not a, I'm not advocating to bet them to win it all. It's just not going to be a price that you're going to be interested in. It's just going to be too low. But UConn right now seems like the one team who is uh, kind of spot-proof. They, they don't they don't take a, a big step downward when they're in a bad position, coming off of a big win at home, and then they got to go on the road on a short rest or something like that. They haven't been that vulnerable. Not saying they're not beatable, uh, but they, they have not been nearly as vulnerable as, as most of the other teams. So uh, we'll talk a little more college hoops here in the first segment. Golf, like I said, three top 20s. We were two and three in the EPL. They're pretty good in the Super Bowl. Uh, not all the picks got there, but if you load it up on our main ones, which were the Harrison Bucker field goals over – um, the Chiefs and the under in the game, you, you swept the board on those. Um, a couple of the ones, tough breaks. Man, really thought Bucker was alive for that MVP ticket, uh, three fifty to one or better. Uh, I mean, if they if it's a field goal game in overtime and he kicks one to tie it and one to win it, and he has the Super Bowl record fifty seven. I mean, that's five field goals and you just walked it off potentially in an OT scenario. Um, I, I think he is. He would have been the guy. He would have been the guy. That was not. That far from happening, uh, pretty realistic viewpoint from us here. Um, thought thought the overall thought process going into the game is how he described it. it was kind of how it shook out. Um, was not a well played game early in the game. Exciting finish, of course, but not not a well played game by any means. Both teams sloppy. Both teams with some mistakes. I think the two weeks off makes a, a difference here. I think it's a little bit of a rust factor. I think both teams showed that very early on in the game. You had Christian McCaffrey fumbling. He never fumbles Mahomes with an awful interception. Uh, but you had to think at 10 nothing, Kansas City going into halftime, even if they're down 10 nothing, they end up getting a field goal late. But, man, you have to figure this Kansas City was awful in the first half. They're, they're going to come out, and they're going to put together a heck of a, a, uh, you know, a, a push in the second half. I loaded up pretty good on them on the money line um, on in the second half. I, I bet it several times as it continued to fluctuate um, based on. I mean, it was amazing if you followed the the uh, live betting whatever app you're on. I had multiples up in uh, amazing the fluctuation in these first down play. Here we go, major major swing one way or another. Uh, then you get a penalty. Then that team goes from a big favorite back down. 
The other team may rise up. You're looking for plus money. I mean, it is an incredible balancing act. And if you watched how the odds changed, it was amazing. I was watching the odds as I was watching the game, especially in the fourth quarter with the drives. You could just tell uh, it was it was amazing how how much it fluctuated. You you the algorithm had no clue who was going to win that game. It was impossible to determine. So a uh, really intriguing watch if you ever do put that up there on, on the game and you start to see things and then you start to see some value starting to, to rear its head and I, I saw the huge value of the Chiefs uh, I thought when San Francisco pulled ahead when they scored that touchdown right before they missed the extra point uh, Chiefs were turned into a very big dog at that point and I just thought that as long as Mahomes is within a score of this game like you cannot put this to bed at all uh, and again, the miss field or the miss extra point, people will say, "Well, that cost them the game." It didn't. It didn't necessarily cost them the game. The entire rhythm of the Chiefs' drive then to tie to actually kick a field goal and tie it is completely changed if they have to get a touchdown. They're doing things on that drive. They're not. They know that they're in three range. They have to protect that. So their play calling is not nearly going to be as aggressive if they needed to score a touchdown. So it's it's ridiculous to assume that that the uh, 49ers wouldn't have won that game based on Jake Moody making that extra point. Now it would have probably helped their chances because it's always better to have to give up a touchdown than, than three, but you, you can never say that because every little thing affects the other thing, and, and that miss, it changed the play calling for the Chiefs. They're down three because you got a, you got a great kicker too, so you're not going to take risks, and you're not going to turn the ball over because that's what you that's what happens. If you do do that, you will lose the game. So uh, I don't like that that summary. I thought Kyle Shanahan was just way out of his grasp again and blows another double-digit lead in the Super Bowl. Um, guy's a good, a great play caller. I'll go as far as say he's a great play caller, but his his uh, game feel is bad. His clock management is not good. His game management is not good. Uh, didn't know the rules in overtime. Not good, uh, especially when you hear that the Chiefs had been practicing that going into the playoffs regularly. That they were ready for any game that they had in the playoffs that was going to go to OT. They were prepared for exactly what they needed to do. Uh, that had to have a, a put them in a very, very confident position when it went into overtime. Like, we've practiced as a bunch. San Francisco is uncertain. Uh, so, again, Shanahan, again, wonderful play caller, but he's just not. He's just not a head coach. He's just not, and I just don't see this guy ever winning. I just don't think he can continue on. He's had a great roster now for four or five years, and Lazio takes the lead there. Hopefully you're on that ticket from last week. Ciro Mobile, he puts one in the back of the net here in about the 69th, 70th minute there on a red card that Bayern Munich just got. I knew Bayern Munich was going to be worn out in this game. They played Bayern Leverkusen in a huge rival game over the weekend, uh, duking it out for the top spot in Bundesliga. And I knew they weren't going to have the normal zip that they have. And Lazio is worlds better at home. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Bayern Munich come back and win this leg or wins the second leg 2-1 to one and, and ends up advancing. But uh, I thought Lazio was live today. They may still not be. There's still tons of time left. But a uh, good start, leading one nothing. So we'll hopefully get that one in there. Uh, anyway, back to Super Bowl. Uh, Shanahan just out of his depth here. Just uh, really just some of the things that they did I thought were were a little questionable. Um, but, hey, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, he was very lowly rated on my uh, – coaches rankings going into the playoffs and uh, I stand by that I, I just think if you watch these games and you see these guys do these things time after time San Francisco has a great roster they certainly do they played a very good game they played a strong enough game to win uh, they just didn't execute at the right times they didn't know what they needed to do at one point the deferring in the for the overtime you know now he's saying well, I wanted to have it third well 
I don't I don't know about that because if you if you have any faith in your defense, you're going to believe that they're going to hold to a field goal and then getting the ball second, you're going to go down and score a touchdown and you win the game. So um, to me, that was that was kind of a chicken way out. I don't think he understood what he was doing. So I mean, I'm not saying that's what cost him, but it definitely helped the Chiefs on the last job being able to use four downs instead of three. So a huge advantage there that doesn't seem to have been factored in the equation by the 49ers. But uh, 49ers installed as the favorite for next year's Super Bowl. Couldn't disagree with that more. I think they take a downward turn here. Uh, now, I will say Brock Purdy was was very good in the game, and he played well enough to win and uh, seems like a really classy guy. And I, I like him, and I hope he hope he does well. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk looks like he'll be gone. It's going to be tough to keep this team intact for too much longer. You had some guys on some some early uh, you know rookie-type contracts, early career contracts that you were taking advantage of there. And uh you know, you're going to have to really nail it in the draft here to replace some of this. So wouldn't say that San Francisco is uh, by any means not a contender in the NFC. They certainly will be for at least a few more years. But with Shanahan as the coach, I just don't see them being able to get over the hump. you got to figure Philadelphia is going to come back strong. The Lions are on the, the upturn right now. Uh, Green Bay is, is looking a little bit better. Uh, Dallas is no factor. You, if anybody who bets Dallas to win the Super Bowl right now is just burning money, you might as well light your money on fire. They have 0% chance of winning the Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. It's just, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. So I won't say zero because no one ever likes to deal in, in, in exact uh, assurances or for, for a lack of a better term, a guarantee. But uh, they have less than 1% chance of winning a Super Bowl. So you got to figure Eagles will be back. You got to figure that the, uh, as I said, the Lions, the Packers on the upswing a little bit. Uh, Seahawks got a new coach who I think is going to do very well. If he gets the right offensive coordinator, and they can probably going to need to move on from Geno Smith, though, at some point. I'm not sure he's going to be able to get the job done. Um, so you got some some hot teams in the NFC, I think, that will be up and coming. I just don't see San Francisco, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, San Francisco being able to win the Super Bowl uh, just because of Shanahan. I just think he's a, he's a hindrance right now. It's in his head. You can see it. And, uh, you know, it was a great year for them. And they were a really good franchise and a great, great team. But just, you know. Sometimes little things hold you back from getting to where you need to go, and uh, that was definitely the case in the Super Bowl. But football is behind us right now. Again, our best bet, Cash, Harrison Bucker, were one-and-a-half field goals. That was a bet we felt most comfortable about. Gave that one out here on the radio on the uh, Twitter page as well. So hopefully you cash in on that. Uh, right now, best bets for me, 20-11 and 11 on the season. And, again, we had a great week in college basketball. So um, we're rolling right along here. We're about three weeks away from Aussie Rules football, which excites me a great deal as uh, Paris goes up 2 to nothing. PSG 2 nothing over Real Sociedad. Uh, okay, and, and it's one nothing Lazio. And the other one, uh, shifting gears a little bit basketball-wise right now. We touched on college. We'll come back to that in a minute. NBA trade deadline came and passed. Um, not a whole lot of interest there. A lot of, a lot of just mediocre-type trades. Nothing... That really moved the needle a bunch there. I think uh, there's same contenders pre the or post Lakers. I guess LeBron refused to go to Golden State, which I don't know. I mean, LeBron's just he's such a pain in the ass. Uh, I'll be so happy when he's done his career's over with. But then he'll be a cheerleader at his kids' game. But I don't even think his kid's good enough to play in the NBA. It doesn't appear that he is. But some team's gonna obviously take a chance just because it's LeBron. Uh, but NBA nearing its all-star weekend here. We got uh, last night was, when you're listening to this, last night was the last set of games. You got the skills competition and stuff tonight. And then uh, uh, the game on Sunday. So not a whole lot of interest there. Uh, we'll reassess NBA when we get back. Some of these teams just really, really inconsistent right now in the East. 
Uh, and I mean, Milwaukee can't count on them. And Knicks are playing good basketball. Celtics can't count on them. Uh, loaded rosters on some of these teams, but you're just not seeing them being able to be consistent there. And just they're taking the nights off. I know they've tried to curtail that a little bit, but it it's not. I mean, you got guys sitting out here before the All Star break, ready to go to fucking Cancun for the next week because they just don't care. So, uh, yeah. And anybody who wants to say that the NBA is better product now, and I, I there's a lot of guys that I respect their opinions, and I hear that quite a bit on radio shows, betting shows, about how good the nba is right now i i just i don't see it that way um i i, I really don't i do i just don't see the desire to win the same as it was back in the old days um and it's a different time i mean the three-point shot wasn't emphasized a lot you know until the you know the early 2000s and i agree i i think the three-point shot is something that is better in the game today i i do a three is better than two systematically if you can shoot the ball from three-point range at, at a 40 percent clip you're gaining an extra point even if you're shooting two pointers at a 50 whatever clip there's a breakdown of that that you can find anywhere that it'll explain it better but you know i i, I subscribe to that and i i think that part is good but the, as far as the being able to the toughness factor to dig it in the playing back-to-back nights the that's just it's just not there i mean these guys are just they don't they don't guard anybody. Like, yeah, you say they're better shooters now. Okay, maybe maybe they are. But you're trying to tell me that Larry Bird wouldn't have lit these guys up with the defensive efforts that they give right now? I just, I don't know. To me, it's uh, not even close, the, the caliber of player. Uh, there's too many teams, first of all, which is like that in a lot of leagues. But uh, NBA is not anywhere near what it once was. I know the 98, 97 games, no one liked those. I, I realize that there, there was a lot of, uh, you know, limited offensive players in those days i get that but the the games themselves uh were just more hotly contested the teams just tried a lot harder the coaching was a lot better um uh, maybe it wasn't actually because they didn't shoot threes but i don't know it's just it's weird when you're coming on the front end and you're having to, to having a rule change it affects all the players in your league when they were kids, they didn't have a three-point line. Well, nowadays, every kid that's in the NBA played with a three-point line since they could walk. So it is different, um, no matter how how much you want to cut it. So you you can't you can't hold the old timers. Uh, you can't penalize them for that. Uh, I just believe that the the you know the golden era of the NBA is well past us right now. It's uh, prima donna league now with a lot of bad uh, guys that can only do one thing well. Uh, Anyway, enough of that crap. Uh, enjoy the All-Star game. It'll probably be a 400-point game of some kind because they literally don't guard anybody and just let them do whatever they want. College basketball uh, upsets continue. I mean, every night in these these leagues, uh, going on the road is just so, so tough. Um, you know, Houston, another team. I, I was talking about UConn being the most consistent team, Purdue to an extent. Houston as well. Um you know, but they're not they're not invulnerable to it. They went to Kansas, got thumped pretty good. They did have a nice win at Cincinnati. Cincinnati was selling out to try to win that game any way they could, but Houston weathered the storm. Um, if if Houston, if if Jamal Shedd can uh, you know score in about twenty five a game, they're going to be hard to beat. But offense is definitely a limitation that they have. Uh, the spot handicapping continues to be big. Five and one for us last week on our Saturday play. So give those out again this week. Uh, teams that are in bad spots or good spots uh, coming into the weekend. BLS underscore PRP for those ones. Yeah, it, it's just, it, you start diving into these leagues, you start looking through the teams, and you start realizing how even they are, and the, and the spot might matter more than you think. Cause, uh, and then the road games, just winning on the road is hard. It's really, really hard in conference play. 
for in almost any league across the United States, whether it's Division Two, NEI, D3, uh, and then obviously uh, Division One high-level college. Uh, Big 12 continues to just be uh, the, the class of the class, just a loaded conference. I think one thing that has helped UConn, too, is they have a lot of night-offs in the in the Big East right now, and that's not their fault. Like, I still think they're really good, so it doesn't matter. So I'm not saying, like, they haven't beat anybody, but, um, you know, there's not that many more cats out there. Creighton's, you know, okay, like St. John's. Like, they, they just don't have a lot of it. And the Big 12, I mean, UConn would have lost a couple of games in the Big 12 on a road. There's just no way around it. Big 12 is just so, so tough. Uh, Big 10, boy, I thought Wisconsin may have been a contender, but they are not. Uh, they really, really uh, have hit the skids badly here. We'll see if they can correct that. But uh, teams that I mentioned last week, to, just to keep an eye on, Colorado State, I think, is a, a team in a long shot play worth a look. Grand Canyon. Um, another team, it was a little bit under the radar, New Mexico and Colorado. Those were teams that I talked about, um, all them. I did mention Virginia last week, and they actually got upset last night by Pitt. Uh, Pitt and Syracuse both with big wins last night. Syracuse knocking off North Carolina and Pitt knocking off Virginia at Virginia. Virginia had been playing very well. You, you knew they were due to have a game where they just didn't get all the breaks. Virginia's a little better on offense, as I said last week, than they have been in the past. So I still think they're a decent contender, maybe make a run in the ACC tournament. Um, well coached, very, very well coached. Um, and then your mid-tier type teams, uh, Auburn got thumped. Like, Auburn got absolutely crushed the other day uh, at Florida, which we were on Florida because it was a really bad spot for Auburn. It was a very good spot for Florida. Tonight, Auburn plays uh, on the – I think they're at home uh, against uh, Ole Miss, I think. Uh, but I'll be on I'll be on Auburn on that and that one to uh, come back home and uh, see them getting a big lift tonight after a tough road game. Uh, sorry, you can't get that play in. But uh, those are the spots that I'm looking at. Those are the, the areas that you want to continue to try to find. Uh, North Carolina will be a team that most likely will be a, a thought about play for me for the weekend. I don't know if they play again on Thursday. Uh, they may not. If they don't play till Saturday, I think they're going to be in a very good spot, depending on who their opponent is. I have not looked, but that's the kind of spots you want to look for. Tennessee, another team got thumped on the weekend. I think a big response is coming from them. Um, Iowa State, I, th I still think, is a pretty good contender. I think they're a solid team in the Big 12. Obviously, I mentioned Houston. Um, so those are teams I'll keep an eye on. I think that the tournament's going to be interesting. But as we said last year, the, the best teams found a way to get to the top. So you, you still got UConn through there despite having some dark horses in the Final Four. So don't don't overthink it too much. But the, the, to make the Final Four bets, I think you can get a lot of value out there on, on a lot of good teams who uh, we're just going to need a little bit of uh, luck to uh, have things break their way, and they can make a very solid and deep run. But, uh, yeah, so just recapping a few things from the weekend and from the Super Bowl, most likely, or most likely, uh, most notably, there you go, Purdy. These are bad beats right here. Purdy over 12.5 rush yards. That was a tough one. If you had 12.5, which is a closing line, he knelt down at the end of regulation before the game went into overtime, finished with 12. Ooh, that hurt. He was on 13 at the time. So that one was a tough one for you. If you had that one, how about the guy that had 100K on the coin toss tails and he lost that? That that hurts. MGM double paid on the Reba McIntyre anthem. Uh, they paid both because of the first and second brave. So she says brave and then brave again. So if it wasn't determined about if it was the first brave, which a lot of books had written into their house rule for that specific prop, that you had to, to uh, it was the first brave. That was when the time cut off then. Well, MGM didn't have that, so they paid both, and uh, that hurts a little bit. Purple Gatorade was not shown on the main telecast, so a lot of books did not honor that one. The 12-to-1 no Gatorade cash, and, and that 
in, in those instances where they didn't have it labeled uh, for the on-air broadcast, not the post-game, the actual game broadcast. But Purple did cash on the post-game broadcast, so team or teams. Some books did honor that. Many, many did who had that written in, did not have the specific time period written into their prop. Uh, obviously, sports books got beat up pretty good. Kansas City being a public dog, which is something that doesn't happen a whole lot. Uh, total falls 47, which means a lot of overbetters and a lot of underbetters both hit those. Ended up 46.5 in a lot of spots. So if you got 46.5, you, you were a winner. If you had 47.5 like me, you were a winner. I actually had 48 and 47.5. So. Yeah, so the numbers matter a lot. Uh, OT was a 9-1 to winner. Mahomes' stuff all got there. Kelsey's props all got there except for the touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, but despite a loss, losses at a lot of the major books, um, overall Nevada 3.7% winner on the game. Uh, and they have not lost. They've only ever lost uh, twice since 1991 on the Super Bowl, meaning they did not turn a profit uh it was the largest handle ever in Nevada, 185 million, 185.6 million in the state. Uh, Super Bowl is the most watched game in history, if you can believe that. 124, 123.4 million televisions had it on. You got to think every television that had it on had multiple people watching it. So uh, the number of actually people watching it was probably over 200 million, if I had to guess. Uh, exact score. How about this one? Twenty-five dollar ticket, 170 to one for the exact score there. So. Uh, you know, 25-22, that is a rare one there. Paid uh, $4,275. Caesars better had a hundred or $1,000 bet on Jair Brown to have the first interception at 40-1. to one. That won him $40,000. Boy, that's pretty nice. FanDuel reported 14 million bets uh, on its app, totaling over $307 million. That's crazy. Uh, teams favored in all 17 regular season games are now 0-4 in the Super Bowl. San Francisco was that team. They were actually favored in every game this year, postseason and regular season. Mahomes, third MVP in three Super Bowl wins, 28 years old, 11-1-1 ATS as a dog. Uh, just doesn't get any better than that. Uh, but that puts the wraps on the Super Bowl, uh, and we will um, sure be talking a little NFL draft when that starts to come up here in the spring, but plenty more to get to. We're going to take a break here, come back, talk some hockey, talk some soccer, talk some golf. It's Better's Last Stand from the Pine Room Studios in beautiful downtown Wheeling, presented by IC Cab Zambito, Flooring America, and Four Seasons Golf. We'll be back after this. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. It's Better's Last Stand Show 74 coming to you from the Pine Room Studios, downtown Wheeling, right across from our Watchdog Radio Studio. Be sure and check us out on the Watchdog every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. You can get us Monday, 2 to 3 p.m. on thewatchdognetwork.com or WKKX. Right here, 1600, right here in Wheeling. or And you can listen to us on Tuesday, 12 to 3, same spots, 
and Friday, 12 to 3 Lunch Madness heating up. We're into our Figuretti's bracket of the Lunch Madness extravaganza. We did the Generations bracket last week. So, again, thanks to Generations of Figuretti's for their uh, wonderful support in Lunch Madness. Uh, be sure and get out there. Support those two local restaurants that have been around for a long, long time serving the Ohio Valley for years upon years, and they have uh, special discounts. You can get a free appetizer with a couple entrees over at Figuretti's. If you show the Pine Room Lunch Madness logo, you can find that at the Pine Room Studios on the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere you can uh, follow us on social media. You can find that logo. You get a discount with that. Uh, you also show your student ID. You can get the discount, and then over at Generations, you uh, also get some special offers that they have going on as well. A 10% off, I believe, is the offer that they got going, so... Again, thanks to our friends Luke DePlog over at Generations and NGO Figuretti over Figuretti's for all their continued support here of the Pine Room Studios. So be sure to check out Launch Madness um, where we have some really tight contests. If you haven't voted yet, get on the Instagram or the Facebook and vote right now for your school or uh, just uh, if you're going to be a neutral bystander, you just want to vote for the very best lunch or the one that sounds the best to you. We uh, appreciate all the feedback. We've got a lot of support and a lot of uh, interaction with the uh, followers on this contest so far. So Lunch Madness, uh, check it out. Should be a really, really fun next few weeks as we try to finish that contest off right before uh, March Madness begins. So should be a fun, fun few weeks over on the Watchdog Network. So it's the Pine Room on the Watchdog. You want to check that out again. So thanks to our friends at Figuretti's and at Generations for their continued support. Thanks to our friends at IC Cab and Ricky Zambito at Zambito Flooring America and Four Seasons Golf for their support as well. Uh, great businesses we have around here. We've got a great partnership with Nailers going on right now. Jill's Gentlemen's Clubs, Gumby's has been great to us. Um, thanks to all those folks for uh, you know making making the things we do possible. All right, let's get into it here. Hockey um, right now. Hockey just coming back off its All Star break. You got some teams right now in make or break situations here. We got trade deadline coming up on March the 8th. So just uh, a few more weeks. That's it's really starting to get down to the end here for some of these teams. Penguins and some of these teams that are hanging around, hanging around playoff spots. Uh, they got to make a run. They got to be sellers. Will they trade Gensel? They probably won't, but probably should. Uh, Jari's playing hot right now. They could probably move him for a, a really good uh, haul, but they're not going to do any of that because the Penguins really believe they can win, and I'm not sure they can. They got Florida tonight. That's going to be tricky. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the Nailers first. They've won 12 in a row, plus 830 on units. Uh, so that's really good for them, 19-24-3. and three to the over, uh, so that means they're actually a little bit better to the under, so 24-19-3 if you reverse that to the under on the season. 28-18 on the puck line. You can bet these all over at Wheeling Island Hotel Casino Racetrack Sportsbook. Check it out. Uh, we're the only place that has it, so you want to come over there, bet on the nailers before you go to the game. Uh, would be a really cool thing. We also got Mountain East basketball. We'll have the Mountain East tournament, men's and women's here in a few weeks over at West Bank Arena. Going to want to check that stuff out. Uh, again, Penguins struggling right now. Power play is awful. Can they get a push to get into the playoffs? I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't want to give out any more future picks. The Kings fired their coach. I think maybe that was a good time to jump on them, but their goaltending is just iffy right now. want to see if they make a move at the deadline and, and who's going to be buyer and who's going to be a seller. Uh, Vancouver made a, made a move already. Um, you got to like what they did, Winnipeg as well. So um, we'll give kind of some early forecasts for the playoffs here in a week or two. Um, once that trade deadline passes, uh, goals in the first 10 data right now 
Ottawa 34 and 14, Tampa 36 and 17, Vancouver also 36 and 17. Last 10 doesn't matter as much because they're coming off the All-Star break. And you saw early on I was I was tipping the unders early. They were 8 and 2 to start out. Now the overs are starting to creep back in a little bit. So teams who have played more than two games back off the All-Star break seem to be doing pretty well to the overs. So keep that in mind. Uh gold in the first 10 no, Winnipeg 31 and 19 on the season. Um they're in a little bit of a slump here, so I'm curious to see how they'll uh, snap out of their funk or if they will. Uh, first period overs, Ottawa 33-15, and 15, Vancouver 35-18, and 18, Calgary 33-19, and 19, and Winnipeg 29-21 and 21 to the under in the first period. Second period and third period numbers to me seem a little bit more intriguing right now. You're seeing teams with a little bit more of a pronounced advantage, uh, or at least statistically, the teams who are hitting this uh, – this point, this threshold regularly. Uh, second period overs: Ottawa forty and eight, Toronto forty and ten. That's forty and eight. So that's that's a pretty strong indicator. So Ottawa looks like a pretty decent over team. About every which way you look at it, whether they're going to be a goal in the first ten minutes, over in the first period, over in the second period, third period overs. You have Dallas forty and twelve, Detroit thirty nine and twelve, and Minnesota thirty eight and thirteen. Strong stats there. Uh, keep an eye on these. See who's uh, in goal those nights and uh, take a take a peek at uh, you know if you can find a decent price you gotta jump on that uh, Lazio a winner so we cash a winner right here on the show gave that one out last week uh, a good one there Lazio with a nice outright win against Bayern Munich at home they're gonna need uh, they're gonna need to put uh, follow up with a good performance in Munich I'm not sure they're gonna be able to do that so I would actually come back and bet my Bayern Munich to advance. So I go ahead and give that out right now. I would say bet Bayern Munich to advance in this game. I I would expect them to win the game at home, uh, two nothing, two one, and then win an extra time, something like that. It just this Lazio really had to work hard for that and for not one goal win. So uh, I would be on Munich to advance out of that. Um, let's talk a little Champions League soccer right now, as we mentioned last week, giving out Lazio on the show. So hopefully. Uh, you cash that one in um, this week's plays. Uh, so next week we have uh, PSV and Dortmund on Tuesday and Inter Milan and Atletico doing war on Tuesdays. The Wednesday games, Porto and Arsenal, Napoli and Barcelona. Um, Barcelona, as I mentioned last week, still a little bit of a concern to me. Now, the Spanish teams, I think, is, is probably your best bet right now. Um, Yesterday's matches, Real Madrid had a wonderful win over uh, RB Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig. Now, I gave Leipzig out last week as an over team. I thought, I mean, and they had, and again, you don't like to make excuses here, but like if you watch the game, um, RB Leipzig had 10 chances to score. And I'm not talking like shots from. 30 yards out. I'm talking about doorstep chances that they could not convert. And you knew it was just a matter of time before Real Madrid would score. And uh, sure enough, that's what happened. They won one to nothing. So I didn't think we were on the wrong, like a wrong bet there. It just sometimes this stuff just doesn't work. So that's, you know, I didn't think it was a bad piece of advice. Uh, City, as I expected, uh, took care of Copenhagen relatively easily. So nothing to be worried about there. City will advance in that one almost certainly. Uh, Copenhagen had their shot at home. They're not going to get it done. And that Real Madrid, who I said was probably my uh, 
the, to me, the, the most likely winner of this tournament, they're going to probably go through as well as now they uh, get to come back to the Bernabeu and take on Leipzig at home, which you figure they will have a distinct advantage in. Lazio, as I said, I think they'll lose the Bayern Munich in the second leg. Munich will probably advance. PSG was never going to be threatened by Sociedad, and they, they will not. They'll advance uh, regardless of how well they're playing. It's just not going to make a difference. PSV and Dortmund, that one's an interesting one. Uh, I, right now, I'd kind of lean to the over on that one. Maybe both teams to score. So check out BLS underscore PRP. I'll put my official picks up on that one. Inter Milan, I like them against Atletico. But I tell you what, this is a really good game right here. Um, I, I think draw is a, is a potential play here. I think the winner of this leg, I think this is the toughest matchup of all the teams, maybe Barcelona-Napoli. But I think this is the most tricky matchup of the two teams. Whoever wins this, I think, can go very far. I, I lean Inter just a little bit at home. Uh, but I can see that one being a very tightly contested game, maybe a 1-1, maybe even a 2-2. Atletico scores a little more than they used to, and they, they're not quite as stingy on defense. So maybe a 1-1 or 2-2 type draw there on that one. PSV Dortmund, I like that one over. That's in PSV. That place will be electric. I think PSV to score a goal, you'll still get a pretty good price on that. I think that won't be worth it. They're uh, you know exponentially better at home than they are when they uh, leave Eindhoven. So, uh Give that one a, a look. And then you got uh, the Wednesday games, Porto and Arsenal and Napoli and Barcelona. Uh, Porto will host Arsenal at home. Arsenal, the much better team here. Porto's a team that's just, um, uh, they're, Porto's a team that's frustrated me. Porto and Benfica have frustrated me a lot, both Portuguese sides. I can't ever get a real good pulse on these teams. When, they, when I think they're going to get buried, they'll end up surprising me. When I think they should win, they get blown out. Um, so... <laughs> I, I lean in Arsenal here, even on the road. I think Arsenal will at least score a goal. I think you could see an over in this game. Uh, but all these games so far, uh, I think, so we've had two unders. No, three unders. Yeah, three and one to the under so far in the game. So Porto may, may be very, very compact, hoping knowing that they cannot allow Arsenal to score more than one goal. And then maybe they can get it out to Arsenal and, and, and keep it, you know, if they go to London, it's 1-1, and they maybe they get lucky and they get a guy sent off and they can maybe win an extra time. So that, I want to say, I'm going to say Arsenal will score a goal in that game. But uh, and now that I think about it, I really don't love the over. So I, I wouldn't recommend the over. I think maybe Arsenal to score, maybe a play. Uh, Arsenal to advance in that in that uh, two-leg tie, I think, would be a good one. Napoli-Barcelona. Napoli not playing as well as they were last year at this time. I actually gave out. Napoli last year. I thought they could be a dark horse winner. They're 50 to 1 to win this right now. Barcelona, man, they're just choppy waters from them. Um they're they're almost out of La Liga right now. So they're gonna pretty much throw everything they got into this tournament. I uh, think you'll see a couple goals in that one. That one might be an, an over game. I think Dortmund PSV over, Napoli, Barcelona over, and then the other two games probably lean towards the under in those ones. But uh, Real Madrid, well on their way to uh, advancement here. I think them, Inter Milan, are still the teams to back there. And if you're going to take a, a round-robin shot here, the Spanish sides, uh, in around 3-1, to one, you get Atletico, you get Real Madrid, you get Barcelona. So book that one now before uh, a couple of them get eliminated or they advance on and the price gets uh, shot down immensely. Uh, so... That concludes the UEFA Champions League look here. Those are going to be going on every Tuesday and Wednesday for the next few weeks as we push towards the Champions League final in the summer. All right, golf uh, quickly here as we uh, round out the second portion of the show. Genesis Open here. This is out in uh, California. 
a uh, of course, obviously at Tiger Woods special here. He's he's hosted the uh, the Genesis Open now for several years. He will be making his uh, return here, and he's around 150 to one to win this to win this tournament. So I think this sets up really nicely for some fade opportunities here. Everybody's going to be running up to the to the book to to uh, to bet Tiger. And, uh, you know, while it's nice that he's trying to come back, um, he's not going to be able to win this. The Riviera is such a difficult course. It's a ball strikers course. I mean, these are these are got to be very precise guys on their game here. I think we've had a lot of bombers that have won. Nick Taylor wins in a playoff last week over Charlie Hoffman at the Waste Management. Um, he was around 130 to 1 or so. But I think this is where the, uh, the fairy tale for all these dudes winning uh, comes to an end. I think you see a more formful finish here. You got a really good field. There's only 70 players in it, uh, 70 or 75. It's a it's a small field, um, invite only. So that's a Genesis Invitational for a reason. So again, it's Tigers hosted tournament. He's around 150 to one. So I think there's this is going to be a form for formful tournament. But so you can find a little bit of value. So guys who I think are really going to have a shot here, but I'm really not going to recommend betting them. Maybe maybe Morikawa 16 to one. Him, Xander Shoffley, and Justin Thomas are my top plays at 16 to one. But I don't know if you if you don't want to take a shot on sixteen to one, I get it. We got better better options out here from a, from a money standpoint, and I, there's not a lot of value on those guys. It's a sixteen to one price, so I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with those three. Uh, but those are the the guys that I think the most likely of the big guns that that can win this tournament. Uh, here's some of the plays that uh, that I like at a little bit better of a price. Siwoo Kim fifty to one. Sam Burns played pretty well last week, twenty two to one, maybe a touch low. So I'm not sure I'm going to be on him. But I do think he'll play well. Cam Young, 35 to 1. Adam Scott's played well here his entire career. He's a great ball striker. Putting's been okay lately. I uh, can still drive it. Um, yeah, he's not quite as good as he once was. And uh, a lot of these young guys have just passed him up. Uh, but he's still solid enough to be a top 20 guy here. So I would definitely consider him. Sepp Straka, 90 to 1. Emiliano Grillo, another great ball striker. Got to get the putter going. If he gets the putter going, he's in contention. Top 20 could be in play. He's 150 to 1. Take a little shot on him. Tom Hoagie, another superior ball striker, 130-1 to one on him. He can be in the mix for sure if he gets the putting on. Jason Day, 50-1. to one. I like him. That's a good price. Matt Fitzpatrick, this is a tough course. He plays tough courses pretty well, 35-1 to one for him. Will Zalatoris coming back still from injury. Uh, starting to make some, some progress. So I think he's a guy worth a look, 55-1 to one. a few years ago when he was in his hot streak. Couldn't get him above 20. So uh, Zalatoris, if he starts getting it going here, you want to be on the right side of that, 55-1. to one. Chris Kirk, 80-1, to one, um, won earlier this year, playing pretty solid golf. I think a top 20 is very, very possible for him. Denny McCarthy, 80-1 to one as well. Could be a guy that uh, is hovering around the top 10 or top 20 for the weekend. And then Hideki Matsuyama, who's battling back from some injuries, Starting to put his ball striking back together a little bit if he gets the putter going. But you're not going to find a guy this this good. Major champion, guy who's just so, so solid, uh, 75 to 1 on him. And another thing that sticks out about Hideki Matsuyama, if you're not familiar with him, um, if Hideki Matsuyama has a bad round, his following round is usually flawless. He Nobody bounces back better than this guy. So um, if you're betting daily stuff, if you're betting um, – best score of the day or matchups or anything if you see him have a subpar round come back the next day and play him i'm telling you you won't regret it very many times the guy is really really good at rebounding uh and i, I think his game's starting to come back a little bit so i like to see him in contention here i think he uh if he gets it all going and gets it put together uh he's he's a steal at 75 to 1 he's 
He's he's priced obviously with the injury and in his rustiness. That's why he's seventy five to one, not because of his talent. So uh, I think Matsuyama is worth a look there. All right, that concludes segment number two. Better's last stand shows seventy four. We're gonna take a quick break here. Come back with Sam the Man. We got tons of racing to talk about. We got tons of everything to talk about. It's Better's Last Stand Show 74 from the Pine Room Studios in downtown Wheeling. We'll be right back after this. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. It's Better's Last Stand, show 74. Joined now by Sam the Man, and it's Daytona week, we hope, because there's rain in the forecast. I mean, even when things start to turn good for us, they can't fully be good because now we got to sweat out weather all weekend. we got the... Uh, the blue-green vacation duels, uh, which will be on Thursday, which is last night if you're listening to their show. So we're going to get an idea of how things are looking out there on the track. Uh, but will the weather be good enough to get the racing in on for, on uh, Sunday? That's going to be the question here. Sam, welcome to the program. As always, uh, let's start out with, uh, before we get on to the real fun stuff, let's get your thoughts on uh, the Super Bowl, which ended up being... A very exciting game. I don't think it was a very well-played game for most of it. But uh, once again, as we said last week, can't go against Mahomes, man. Dude's just too good. Yeah, he's too good. And the first half was was honestly quite boring. I must say I was was. definitely not entertained. But, man, the one thing I really take away from it, Matt, is Shanahan. Yeah, me too. Just there's something there. Not that he can't get it done because he's been there twice. I just I don't know what it is like them not knowing the rules and yes. understanding that seems so simple and and the Chiefs knew, right? They knew all year. They've been practicing it for weeks, yep. right? So I just find that very odd that he just, for as smart and as great of a coach they make him seem that that he doesn't know us the the rules. Yeah, it was a definite concern going into the game. It was a concern for me. Uh, again, great offensive play caller, great offensive mind, but you're right, something is missing with his game management. Just something about reading the game. I don't know if it's because he's so worried about calling plays. I've had that criticism of guys who do call the plays from the head coaching spot before. I don't know what it is either, but now that's he's been a part of three double-digit blown leads in the Super Bowl. Obviously, the one when he was the coordinator for the Falcons was a lot more than just 10 points. But, I mean, that's two leads he's let get away against Kansas City. And you had to be thinking at halftime going in 10-3. If you're San Francisco, the Chiefs played an awful half. You had to be like, oh, boy, like we could be in trouble here because you know Mahomes is going to come out swinging after halftime. Yeah, it was just Mahomes. They gave him too much life. Yeah, they did. The and, and Spagnola, Steve Spagnola. Yeah. I mean, yeah. could you have drawn up two better ways to get your defense off the field at the most critical time ever in the one in, in late in the fourth quarter and the one in overtime? I mean, he couldn't have had it any better than that. No. I mean the Chiefs. The Chiefs deserve to win. They are the they are the new dynasty. They, they proved are. it there. It wasn't a pretty win, but it, it's it's a win, man. Exactly. And and then a lot of their games all year weren't pretty. But people oh. can never write them off with a 
with a very quality coach and obviously one of the best quarterbacks ever, if not the best. He's by far the best now, uh, and he's probably going to go on to be the best ever. But uh, just uh, exceptional stuff from them. But like you said, the game was not not pretty, not entertaining uh, in the first half. It, it only got good at the end because it was there was drama involved. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't the best played Super Bowl. Not a whole lot of great commercials. Halftime show. Oh, what you think of that mess? I thought it was just boring, yeah. and the, the commercials were garbage because now you see them before the Super Bowl, which right. I just— Or the ones that say, watch the rest here or something. What's right. That? No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Well, like, honestly, the most entertaining part of the first half was the McCaffrey touchdown. Right, right. You know, which, actually, you know, the, going back and looking at it and hearing the people chiming in, at the, at the time I thought it was pass interference, and then I looked— like offensive, and then then there was a legal man downfield too. So yeah, and, and it was a great play design, no question about that. But you're right, that was like the only exciting thing, and that could have been called back easily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was just like man, very very boring. First, yeah. First half halftime show. Second half was great. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, but I am glad football's over. Let's move on because now I know that's all you want to talk about is Kenny Pickett. That's all people want to talk about, dude, in Pittsburgh. Dude, these this this fan base it's nuts since we've lost ben roethlisberger we have just been turned turned upside down that and we can't figure a damn thing out <laughs> well they're 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 talking about ryan Tannehill. they're talking about justin fields and then russell wilson, russell like, wilson. what is going on man <laughs> oh man what a disaster and then you got your boy uh tj watt getting mad at the awards and storming out because <laughs> he didn't win like yeah, it's come on i don't know steelers know, are kind of in a messy spot right now Hey, they are. The Penguins are. The Pirates are not. We got Big Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, I like that signing, especially since I saw today that that Henry Davis is starting the season in Triple A. How about, dude? What <laughs> is up with that? Well, it has to be that they don't think he's caught enough innings, but that's their fault. They created that, the problem. Right, right. You could have done it. Yes, you could have done it. Idiots. Jesus. God, they're idiots. Their player development is so damn bad. Uh, it's amazing any guy ever turns into anything with them. It really it's crazy. is. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's honestly comical. It is. It's, it, comical. it's like it, it literally is. It's like watching uh, like the football follies. Like every time yeah. the Pirates, everything they do is, is a disaster. Even if it looks like it's going to be good. I mean, I liked the Osmani Grandal about six years ago when he was like right, thirty. Man. I mean, he's a right. good veteran catcher, but man, he's old now. I mean, I guess you're just basically need another body because you don't think Davis can can do it yet. Uh, so you're gonna have you're gonna have. Your two t- number one picks are going to be not with a big club at the beginning of the year, Skeens and Davis. I mean, come on. <laughs> huh. So now they're going to have two call-ups so they can get a sellout. So that might be the strategy there. A couple oh, weekend call-ups so they can. I just I cannot wait for this season, baby. And why not I get Trevor Bauer, wait. too? I, I don't, I don't I, get I, that. I know. Jarrett, Jarrett and I have said that for months. He's played, months he said he'd months. play for the league minimum, and I saw him on that podcast. He said – his agent reached out to the Pirates, and they said no, hard pass. Like, what, what are it's, they it's thinking? Ridiculous. It's the ridiculous. guy's been exonerated. I mean, he's not Felipe Vasquez or Rivera. Right. Like, come right. on. Right. Yeah. The nightmare. Jesus. Terrible. Well, we'll talk plenty more baseball in the weeks to come as pitchers and catchers are reporting uh, within the last 24, 48 hours, depending Don't on the it. club that you follow. I saw the Bucko guys getting ready to go down there in Bradenton. So. Yep. Uh, baseball is in the air, but most importantly, NASCAR is back, baby. Here we go, Daytona 500 this week. Uh, let's hope. Let's hope it's not a Monday uh, finish, but uh, we're going to talk about our Daytona 
picks here. We're also going to talk about some of our season-long things that we like, guys that we think can contend for the championship. But first and foremost, Sam, what what are you hearing on the weather right now? What are what are our chances of getting this in on Sunday? Ooh, this 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 one really hurts. So I'm looking at on the Weather Channel, Daytona Beach, Florida. Saturday, we're looking at an 85% chance of rain. Oh boy. Which is up from the previous right. article that I read. It was in the 70s last I saw, yeah. And uh Sunday we're looking at 97. Oh fuck. Well, that's not good. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that really does put a damper on things, but uh, let's hope that yeah. uh, it, we can get some truly Florida weather and it mm. breaks up and something changes. But that's Man, definitely that's worse than what I looked at this morning. Yeah, that's brutal. And they have two races. Uh, they got an ARCA race and a, and a is it a truck race on Saturday. So You know what, Matt? You know what will happen. They'll get those races in, the ARCA and the truck, and they won't get the big ones in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm assuming they go, uh, I mean, Daytona's got lights, but, I mean, it doesn't look like it'll be, if it's 96%, I mean, that's that's a gigantic track. Um, drying is so tough. So, we're either going to get man. one of those Michael McDowell specials where the things ended at 1 a.m. or they're going to run it on Monday, which just ruins everything for the fans. How about that start to the season? The clash, we got to move up. There's no fans are there. And then this, this race is a mess right now. Oh, golly. Terrible. Dude, it, it is terrible. It's so disappointing. 97% is terrible. The last one I saw was in like the 60s or 70s. Yeah, I saw high 60s, Sunday. low 70s for Saturday and Sunday. And then you're giving out 80s and 90s now. This is not good. Uh, I mean, all right. Well, I guess we got to try to uh, focus on what the task at hand is here is yeah, picking a winner. So we'll if we done. are able to race on Sunday or Monday, uh, um, I'll tell you what. I really, really miss Eric Almarola in this race. He, it bothers me a lot. He's not there, but so I have to go start thinking outside the box right now about some guys that can be contenders. We talked about the RFK guys, um, obviously the uh, the Hendrick guys. Uh, you know, all of them are probably going to be pretty solid contenders here. Denny Hamlin uh, is marked an X in the sand. He's back, ready to go uh, after a nice performance at the Clash. Kyle Busch looked good in that. Uh, there are so many areas and so many teams that are going to have a lot of optimism heading into this race. How do you see things shaking out? Where are some of your uh, top plays? Where are some of the spots you're leaning? Man, when I when I was looking at this, I was getting fired up. I mean, I texted you as soon as I was done with these notes. Like, man, it's here, man. Yeah. New drivers, like, I, I love it. So I say new drivers because I think Josh Berry, I saw he was a plus 240 top 10. Yep. I, I, think, I think to me – for some reason, it's just a no-brainer. I like it. I just think that he's going to a good team. He's a good driver. He's going he into a great car. Yeah, you, you got to like his chances. I mean, Stuart Haas has obviously had great success there, and that's what I was trying to look for. Because I, I went back and forth between, am I going to roll the dice with Josh Berry? Uh, I, Chase Briscoe is a guy that's had a little bit of success here. I know his season last year wasn't very good. We, me and you had him about fired about Jeez. halfway through the season, as bad yeah, as he was. Then he picked it up a little bit. So I'm looking for something big out of him, too. Again, that team has, has really put some good cars out on the track. So I thought he was a guy, a little dark horse spot for me uh, as a guy with a top 10. He's about 30 to 1 to win it. But I really do like to pick a Josh Berry. Very similar. They're going to have very good cars, both of those guys. Yeah, and I think there's like – there was a Christopher Bell. He's a plus one forty five top ten. I think that's he needs a, a good run because he started he the season off not well. I know he does, and I like one that I really love. 
I love actually more than both of those is Ty Gibbs is a plus two hundred. Yeah, I I, I, I think really he's coming in hot. I really think that he, like we said last week, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I would put him in a contender. I, I think he'll make the playoffs this year. Uh, I'm not sure he'll win it, but I think he'll definitely make the playoffs. And I, I look for him to take a gigantic leap uh, in his second full season. Oh, man, I just there's so many different things that could happen. Yeah. Like I also love like Gill like Gilliland a plus three hundred yep. top ten. I think Gilliland can be up there. Yep. But I really do think Gibbs is my favorite right now of the sleepers to be in the top ten. Not yeah. a sleeper winner. I don't know. I don't know if he's there yet. I think he can get a win. I think this year he could definitely get a win. I agree. I, I think he's. I think he'll make the playoffs. I think he'll get a win. Um, I, I he's just he's so well faceted, like multifaceted is racing. He's not just a good road course racer, but he's really good on those. He can run these plate races. Can run the intermediate. So I think that if you can do all of that, then you're going to be almost on the on the lines of like a Chase Elliott, where you can win at any type of track, which is obviously going to help your chances. So. Uh, great equipment there. Uh, how do you see the other teams in the uh, Joe Gibbs Racing Garage coming together here? The other cars uh, with with Denny and uh, Truax has never been a guy that I've backed a lot in the Daytona. I just don't love his no, long, one, his big super speedway game. Uh, but I mean, you got to figure Denny's going to be in the mix, huh? Yeah, I would think, man. Denny's just seems like he's just taking the next step. To I mean, he's right on that doorstep. He's right on that doorstep of the title. And I know people have been saying he has been, but it's going to be – it's tough, though, man. It's such a shit show. You know, you get that one – the one big wreck. Right. It's it's it, it's done. Yeah, and the best car doesn't always win done. here. You just got to – you just basically have to no. survive long enough and then have your car set good enough to be able to make the last run, get the right drafting help, and – yeah, I mean it's more more a lot of this is just staying out of trouble. I mean it's there's there's guys out here, uh, you know, and we talk about it every year. And and when you're trying to give out winners to people, um, you you got to say like some of these guys are just too short of prices. Like I think Denny Hamlin will be a great contender in this race, but I may not bet him because I don't want to bet nine to one on a guy that could get wrecked in the you know first twenty laps. But you got guys out there like Corey LaJoy that are like sixty seventy five to one. Justin Haley's like sixty to one. Ryan Priest has shown that he can run. Very well, restrictor plate, giant super speedways. Even Daniel Hemrick, seventy to one. I mean, some of these long bombers. Is there any guy that that, that looks good to you that maybe could could win the race at a, at a really big price? One person I had was Daniel Suarez, and okay. I, I don't know why. I just I I think he won he won a race last week. This Mexico race they did right. after the clash. He's a good driver. It's a, his numbers. I think it's. Plus, uh, what did I see right there? It's like plus 5,000 to win. Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, he's around 50 to 1-ish, somewhere in that range. Yep. Like we said, if you survive, man, if you survive, stick around. Like the McDowell win, Stenhouse, yep. you know, those type of those type of wins. Like he could be going, he's a sleeper. I have Eric Jones as a sleeper. Yes, I like Eric Jones, I think Eric too. Jones can run very, very well. I think... He, Some, he needs to. That whole team yeah. needs, to, needs to have a huge year. He and Suarez both. I mean, Suarez needs – I mean, he didn't – you know, after the disappointment, the clash, like he's – he's uh, you know, for that team, they really uh, – I'm going to say they had a terrible year last year, but for them, after the year before, 
it, it, it was definitely not what they probably expected. I think that they, they thought that, that they were going to be, you know, a, a little bit better with the track house team. I thought they, I th- I look for them to really kind of make a, 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 you know, a resurge here. I think Ross Chastain is going to be a dangerous factor in this race. Can he keep it, his head together well enough to be able to, to last to the end? But I also notice, and I'm sure you do too, when you're going through your data and you're looking at the, at the, the Daytona performances, whether it's in the 500 or the, the late summer race, um, man, you need a lot of luck in these races, and it's tough to repeat your luck. Like, So if you're on a good run where you haven't DNF'd at Daytona in like four races, chances are your bingo ball's getting pulled this race and you're going to be out. So I tend to stay away from guys who have had really good luck runs in the last. So like I'm not going to bet Ricky Stenhouse. Like The chances of him being able to do this again is about oh, no. impossible. Like he's good enough to do it, but can he get the same kind of luck? Austin Dillon won a couple years ago in that in the, not in, in the 500, and he's been terrible since then. Uh, you know, I I I'm not going to roll the dice with him. Even Busher, who who won the the second race last year, like can 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 he do it again? Can he get lucky enough to have that run? I think if I had to if gun to the head right now, uh, my pick to win this race is Brad Kozlowski. I don't know what you think about that. Where where are you leaning as far as your top pick to win it? My top pick to win it, you just mentioned him, the fucking gunslinger, baby, Ross Chastain. Chastain, I all just, right. I like I it. Lo- it was between him It was between him and Bush. I have I him, too. I think Bush is going to come in hot. Uh, and my real, like a sleeper, I would love Elliot to get one. If he can just come yeah. out first race of the year. Yep. Because he needs it bad. He does. He, he needs, needs it bad. bad. He needs a good run here. Uh, I think to him right now, I think just getting a good run and getting – getting himself settled back in to where he's getting consistent finishes. And then I think you're going to see him going on the attack. I, I think Ryan Blaney's a guy coming off a championship, uh, was an awesome run. He's been a great plate racer uh, over the years and just very consistent, one of the more consistent guys in these big, long uh, super speedway tracks. So I think he's uh, obviously worth the look. Um, you know, Joey Logano will be in contention. We already mentioned Denny Hamlin. And then how can you discount Kyle Busch? Like, he's he's been great. And we haven't even really talked about the other two Hendrick guys, uh, Larson and Byron. I don't love Larson on super speedways, though. Uh, no, never. I won't bet him never. to win. He's just, that's just the weakest part of his game. Uh, but William Byron, I imagine, will have a pretty good car. And a guy that I think I had. So the, the top four guys that I had, I had Keselowski one. I had Kyle Busch, two, Chastain, three, and then Alex Bowman was my fourth choice. Always qualifies well at Daytona. Can he put I it know, together? Always. And he's got some sneaky good finishes there, So, and he needs a big year, too. He's, he's a guy that's going to lose his ride if he doesn't come come together this year. And it's going to sound stupid, but like he's a guy that would win the race on a Monday. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, honestly, yeah. I think, like, not like, like, I don't mean that disrespectfully. Like he's a great driver, but he's a he's a Monday winner of the 500 type of guy for me right now. I totally agree. Like he definitely could. You're right. It's a huge year, but it's if they race Sunday, it's not Bowman. No, yeah, Monday, I would say it, it. It's something about you know I mean? it, it. Something about the lesson, the lesson pressure that it would be on a Monday. I feel like. Just <laughs> seriously, I'm serious. It's like he could he could get it done. Yeah, you have all the pageantry mixed in with like the stupid, right? Stupid things like that exist in sports, and I'm not sure why. It's like a mental thing, but. Yeah, no, you're yeah, he's right. Gotta have, he's got to have at least a, a win this year, or he's how, gone, man. No, no question about it. Uh, how about Austin Sindrick? Uh, one that won this two years ago. Decent play racer. He's, he's always in the mix, but, man, he's really regressed. I, I, dude, did, can he pick it back up this year at all? His his rookie year, he was much better than he was last year. 
I looked at the numbers for him, and there's nothing that made me want to, you know, yeah, take a gamble on him. No, I agree. I just, I don't trust him at all. And you know what that means? He's going to be in the top five. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, I mean, that's just how yeah, that's just how it works. I don't love his price though. This, he's down to like twenty three to one, which oh. is too low for me for him. Um, if he was around the forty to one range, I might take a stab with him. I know he's he's kind of the the numbers adjusted a little bit because he had won a couple years ago, but he's really got to turn it around because he had been uh, coming up from Xfinity. He was exceptional on road courses in these plate races, and he uh, his rookie year I thought he did really well. He held his own. Uh, he he contended, and then last year he was so damn bad throughout the entire yeah. season. He he Terrible. he was running in the thirties like a lot of races. Awful. So I don't know what happened there with him, but. He, he had better pick it back up. I mean, he comes from obviously from a racing family, and he's got a great car and a great team. I, I don't, I can't explain it. It's it's tough, man. I don't, I don't know if you just you got to just cut ties and start fresh. Bizarre. It is bizarre. How, it really how about, is bizarre. How about uh, your your boy uh, Noah Gregson? What are you expecting out of him this week? This here's the thing. You brought up Eric Almarola, and you think the ten car would be good, but do you trust him driving it? I know that's the tricky part. Like, and the guy has talent; he definitely does. Tons. But he also makes stupid decisions regularly. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be able to like have his emotions in check. Like when he was in Xfinity, him and Gibbs would go at it. That was awesome. Right. They would have great battles. But I mean, these guys are these these adults. You know, you, you race with those kids, right? And you step up with these adults and these real big teams. It's sort of whole different ball game. It is, and and Gibbs has been able to make the transformation a lot better and keep his emotions a little bit more in check than uh than Gregson. So yeah, we'll see how that rivalry continues. How about Bubba? What do you what do you think his show? I mean obviously he'll he'll probably have a good car. Uh I guess asking about him and Tyler Reddick, what do, what do you think twenty three eleven guys do this week? I like Reddick. I didn't really like something about Bubba, I just feel like he races so hard. He right. never like just is if he gets up in the top like Five or even eight, he won't just like be steady to try to survive. Like he's going for the lead. Yeah, he gets a little reckless. Um, yeah, and I think that's what gets him in trouble. It's a big year for him and Tyler Reddick too. I think both those guys need to show uh, a little better than they did last year. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, because Michael Jordan's not going to be that patient. He's he's not going to want to just sit around and just have mediocrity. He's going to want his cars in the playoffs every single season. Yeah, if not, if not, he'll start driving the, the <laughs> right. Right, <laughs> he'll be telling Denny, "All right, you're getting out of Joe Gibbs. You're running for us, and yep. you're bringing yep. somebody else with you." Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see it. Um, shifting over to the full season look, um, man. I obviously we talked about Denny. We talked about Kyle Busch. I think those guys both are going to be serious, serious championship contenders. Uh, man, and I was going through. Who I like, who I think can win this thing, who, I mean, man, I, I had Truax last year. He came pretty close, uh, ended up getting on the uh, Blaney bandwagon there late in the season. You and I both were on that. He was at a really good price. Everybody just yeah. overlooked him, so we kind of resurrected ourselves after not-so-great picks. But, man, I don't think I can pick Truax again at, at around 9-1, to one, but I think Logano around 12-1 to one is is one that interests me a little bit. Where are you looking for your uh, full season type bet or the guy that maybe can win this win this championship? I uh, I was definitely looking at Logano because he was quiet last year. We kept bringing him up. We kept bringing him up, and we just we weren't getting anything out of him. And 
I love I love him going at Gibbs already. Yeah. You know, he's he's fired up, ready to go. Yeah. I'm Joey Logano. I've won this thing before. I'll do it again. <laughs> my my honestly, I was between him and Kyle Bush. Yep. But my gut instinct, I'm going two years in a row predicting Kyle Bush to win the championship. Okay. Kyle it is. All right. Yeah. I like it. And I'm gonna go with Logano, but uh I I mean Kyle was in there. He was him, it was him. In Logano, and then obviously I had I considered Danny Hamlin, but I'm not going to make a bet. And I think the good thing about you picking Kyle Busch is you're getting around 15 to one on him, and that's a good price for a guy that's that good. He obviously showed that that was like a learning curve for him last year with the new team, and I expect a lot better from him this year. So I think that's a great price on a guy that's that good. Yeah, it's like the the Elliott one I think is weird. Yeah, his it's number. a little low. It's a little low. Yeah. I, I don't love that too short a price after what he went through last year. I would not back him at around seven and a half, eight to one, even a little bit lower than that. Uh, can't get on it. Same with Truax. Thought his numbers a little bit too low. Uh, yeah. How about the chances of Blaney? He's like five, six to one. That's too low. And again, I love the guy. So he, my advice to people that like Ryan Blaney, and I would Wait. love to see him repeat because I think he's an awesome dude. Really, really like him a lot. He's a great driver. Wait for him because he won't be at this price for long because he'll end up having some bad weeks and he'll fall kind of far behind and then like yeah. he'll have to point his way into the to the chase and then he'll yeah. do what he did last year so you're better off waiting if you're uh going for a guy like that wouldn't you say yeah i would and if you're gonna bet like any of the top guys like the hamlin those guys like you bet them now because their number is going to change you know once they get a win and like those odds or something right. like that like you just said that's you, if you have a good gut feeling of who's real, you know, right. one of the top guys is going to win it. You should it monitor now. closely. Yes. How about uh, how about Chastain? You think he's got any? I mean, he's around twenty to one. I mean, Damn. that's not a terrible price for a guy who definitely has the competitive angle to really, you know, so, you know, solidify himself as a championship contender. But does can he keep it calm when he needs to? I just think that he's had. I think he can because he's had it the first half of a year being dominant and getting in everybody's face and everybody not liking him. Right. And then just, you know, being quiet. And last year was kind of the kind of the same thing. But like, you know, he even when he rode the wall, like that was pretty crazy. Yeah. I don't yeah. think a lot of people would have done that. No. He had to get in. He did whatever he needed. But I think if he can just be in everybody's face and be the bad guy all year. Yeah. I think that'll be his best bet. That'll push I really him. do. Yeah, that that seems to be the way that he responds the best is when he's the villain. So yeah. Right. So piss that people. Or get your, that or get your win early. Right, right. Know? Well, that helps, and then you can take some risks. Right. Um, all right. So let me ask you about this one. William Byron led this, the year, uh, led the the circuit in wins last year. Uh, who you think leads it this year? Anybody come to mind? I was thinking Larson probably, but I know. I know that's a boring pick, but no. But you're honestly, Larson's very, very fucking good. Yeah, he's just those like middle type speedways, the mid range ones. He's the short track to the mid range. He's he's exceptional, and he's just a contender every week, and he can win on road courses too. Byron also had twenty one top tens last year, which is which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's a great season. I mean, the guys the guys legitimate. He's like a robot. He he's very consistent. Him him and uh, Larson. The difference between I think Byron is. Uh, the better on the super speedways than Larson, but I think Larson might be a touch better on the road courses. So that kind of offsets. And then they're both really good in the intermediates. So uh, I think they're going to be serious contenders. I, out of all the Hendrick stable of cars, who who do you expect to be the 
I mean, we talked about Elliott, but we talked about Bowman needing to win. Uh, if you had to pick one of those guys to win the championship, which one would you go with? Out of out of the whole Hendrick group of guys, team. yeah, probably Byron. Yeah, I, I think Byron. So yeah, I think it'd probably come between Byron and Larson. Although I would like to say Elliott, but I got to see more from him. I got to see him getting back to consistency again. I know it just feels like he's just far far beh- farther behind than I realized when he when he couldn't get it back after he broke his leg. Yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. Um, all right, I think Ty Gibbs will make the playoffs. Is there anybody else? Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, we talked about him a little bit last week. Any dark horse guy that you think could win their way or point their way into the playoffs? The kind of a guy under the little bit under the radar. I think Barry could get in the playoffs. Okay, I, like I do. It. I think coming into Stuart Haas is is a very very good situation for him, and then racing for a junior before that. Right. Yeah, he's learned from some really good drivers. That's for sure. Definitely right. got a wealth of knowledge to, to you know go to. Uh, I, yeah, you're right. I think he he and Gibbs would probably be the most likely uh, young guys who could you know break through and, and make the playoffs. I definitely could see that. Um, I keep I, I I'm waiting for Chase Briscoe to bounce back, but I haven't. I'm not certain I'm pulling the trigger on him. I I, I don't know. I'm mixed don't, on him. Don't. You know what will happen, Matt. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Don't do it, man. Well, can he have a better season than Austin Dillon? <laughs> I think so. I think so. But, like, Austin Dillon's not going to get fired. No, You know, right. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Nope. Like, he gets big sponsors. You get big sponsors paying for the cars. He does you know? get big sponsors. You're right. That helps. Grand. No, he's not getting, he's not getting like, Steve and Kim's paper company. It's, right. you know. Yes. All right. And then uh, – before we wrap up, uh, how about RFK? Kozlowski and Busher, what are your expectations there? Uh, I like I like Brad in the in the five hundred. Uh, not sure he can win the championship, but I, I guess the way that they ended the season last year, I guess he he certainly could because they they were arguably the best team in the playoffs last year. Yeah, it seems like ever since he really took ownership, you know, of with that team and like really put his foot forward, that they have season after season progressively gotten better and i've even read articles that like how he cleaned up like the actual shop that they work at like little things like that how he cleaned it up and made it professional and they've been consistent bushers you know his number to win it all was was pretty good if you yeah you know if you're going off of last year and the consistency of the whole team and him absolutely so but yeah i think i think they can i think keselowski's gonna the whole team really i think they're gonna have a big year and can just consistent i think they're closer to where colleagues should should be right you know, right if they would have never let Haley go and yes. things like that i think they took his spot in the team team rankings yeah no i agree with that how about chris bell we hit on him a little bit in the 500 um to me he's been he's been a little bit erratic and inconsistent too and again these guys a lot of these guys are really young still so do you look for him to turn the corner a little bit where he's a little more consistent? Because, you know, last year it was like he was either in contention to win the race, like in the top three the whole time, or he had some stupid mistake on pit road or something yeah. went wrong with him. He had a lot of that last year. He needs he needs to be consistent. Or I mean, Joe Gibbs doesn't have time. You know, there are those right. owners, those type of owners don't have time for no, they don't. Not, not winning and being consistent. Because they'll try it's somebody like, else. Right, Bell and Bowman are in very similar seats right now. Yeah, yeah, they are almost almost identical. Yep, yep, hanging on for dear life, I'd say. Yeah, um, 
Alex Bowman obviously got injured last year, didn't help. Um, I'm sure he'll be up front here at Daytona, but he's got to put it together. Um, yeah, a lot of question marks, a lot of questions will be answered. Uh, the biggest question of the weekend for us, though, is will they race? That's the big question. I don't know, man. I have no, I don't have a lot of good good feelings about this one, Matt. I really don't. I don't either, but we're going to hope for the best. And uh, the good thing is that it's back, and then yeah. we'll uh, – couple more weeks, and we'll be talking F1. We'll be uh, dissecting that whole thing, the drama, the soap opera that is F1. Yeah, it's going to uh, be a weird season. It sure gonna be is. Weird, you got some lame ducks weird. and it's a big rides. And, uh, yeah, where do we go from here? And can anybody start to beat Verstappen on a regular basis? Probably not going to happen, I would say. But no. we'll see. Uh, Sam, thanks, as always, for joining us today. Um uh, Best of luck this weekend. Enjoy the racing that we do get to see. I'm hoping yeah. that we'll at least get to watch those duels uh, tomorrow. That's that's going to be good. We'll, we'll, let's see here. Yeah, sunny, 6% chance of rain. So perfect. Boom. We'll get to see right. the duels. So at least that'll get it, satisfy us a little bit going into the weekend. I'm going to cherish those moments. So, yeah, I'll probably uh, shoot you a text tomorrow and see who you like for the duels because uh, that's going to be interesting. I I don't. I, they're qualifying tonight, so I guess we'll see where they start and uh, maybe get a little bit of an idea, and uh, we'll uh, go from there. But uh, thanks for joining us. As always, great insight and analysis. We will see you next week, buddy. Absolutely, Matt. Go Bucks, baby. All right. All right, that's Sam the Man from Upper St. Clair checking in, as always, with great comprehensive race breakdowns for us. Daytona week here, championship um, will be settled sometime in November, but never too early to try to get a good number. And, again, wait for those guys, some of those lower prices, wait for them. They're going to have bad weeks. Can get the inflation. They're gonna go up uh, based off of the performances. So keep an eye on those. Don't bet them too soon if they're if you're looking for a, a better number out of one of the top drivers. But if you like uh, somebody that you think is gonna really jump on the scene quickly, you might want to bet them early if, if they're a big price and you expect them to go down. Uh, that'll do it for us here on Better's Last Stand, show number seventy four from the Pine Room Studios. Again, thanks to our sponsors, I C Cavs, Ambito Flooring, America, Four Seasons Golf. Jill's Gentleman's Club, Gumby's, Figaretti's, and Generations. Uh, check out Lunch Madness over on the Watchdog. You're not going to want to miss it. Talk, pop that radio on or listen to the stream, watchdognetwork.com. Uh, keep up with the Pine Room uh, three days a week right from the radio studio right across the hall here downtown. So until then, uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy your first weekend without football. But you got plenty of other things going on. you got plenty of basketball, hockey, racing, soccer, a little bit of everything. Golf is back in full swing, which is very exciting. So have a great weekend. We will see you back here next week on Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome in. Better's Last Stand back after a Thanksgiving hiatus. Last time we were seen over at Belmont Brew Works. Had our buddy Rick on the on the show. He uh, had us over. It was a great uh, evening. We talked a lot about sports betting on the show, as always, and then uh, had a few drinks and uh, something to eat. So it was a good time. Chris here with me in the studio. Hello. 